This podcast was brought to you by Spartan Sports. This is The Running Game, the all-new rugby podcast that covers the sport from the ground up. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by former Wallaby Matt Dunning. How are you, Matty? I'm great, Timmy. How are you? Yeah, oh, I'm fantastic. It's great to be doing this. Uh, look, every week we're going to be here. Today we've got some big guests. Dave Rennie, the Wallaby coach, will be on the show today. Also, Howard Davies, who runs Rugby Union in the Hunter region, north of Sydney. It's extraordinary what's happening there. Let's go. All right, Matty, uh, the big news of the week, uh, of course, is what is happening at the Waratahs. We've seen the sacking of the coach. What, what, what did you make of the sacking of Penny? Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard not to talk about the Waratahs or the sacking and not be critical and be fair dinkum, unfortunately. You know, it's um, from all reports, made a lot of phone calls during the week. I've spoken to a lot of people and I've tried to get a real, I guess, uh, detailed view of, of all opinions and... It sounds like they didn't have much choice to the matter. You know, the performance was was such that it just wasn't good enough. Uh, It didn't appear that there was much direction coming from what I've heard, and it's the only choice they had. And I do feel for Rob Penny, you know, the Waratahs made a fiscal decision uh, to spend a million dollars less than a lot of the other teams. And um, obviously the cattle they've got are you know, aren't up to the quality of the other other, other sides. And so um, he was left with a very young roster and an inexperienced roster. And they just didn't have the mix of youth and experience nor the talent that's needed to compete in this tournament. You know, you, we, we've seen the benchmark. We've seen the Brumbies. We've seen the Reds who are playing really good football. You know, a lot of mix of, uh, of talent. And, and the way the rugby system works in Australia is, you know, the top-up system for the Wallabies is it, it's a big part of uh, your... Y- your your salary cap is you know having having a lot of wallabies in it, and they just didn't have that. And um, yeah, it's really disappointing. Um, but it had to happen, you know. I, I just think Australian rugby has got to look at it, not just the Waratahs. It's it's. I'm really disappointed. I've watched a lot of it lately. You know, it's uh, it's a very proud club. I was I played for it for many years, and and to see the performances, not just on the field, but I guess the performances in the back rooms. It it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's really worrying because rugby is a sport that around the rest of the globe is thriving. You know, rugby's thriving in, in Europe. It started the MLR in America. You know, it's rugby struggling in Australia, it seems, is the only real place that's struggling. And um, it's not as if we can say it's a product because in the you know early 2000s, 2005, rugby was was, mm. was, was huge. So it, it's can, really how concerning. How can it improve, Matt? Matt, how, how, how can the game of rugby in New South Wales, get back to when... Because I remember going to Allianz Stadium, which is obviously being rebuilt. They've got this brand-new stadium that's going to be one of the best in the world, and it's going to be theirs pretty soon. Uh, I remember when it was packed, you used to play to pack crowds. How can we start to build back to what that was? Yeah, look, 2006, I think I, I spoke to uh, someone today, and the record, they don't quote me, but I'll, I'll repeat what they said, you know, average crowds of 30,000 plus in 2006. Look, I don't know if we're going to get back there in, in this day and age, but we need to make some massive improvements because at the moment they're well below that. We need to... We need to get a roster. I remember. I remember someone said to me that I and I believe it a little bit. You know, eighty percent of coaching is is recruitment, and that's where we've got to start. You know, 
if the Waratahs are winning, we've got something to sell. If, they, if they're playing the way they are now, crowds aren't going to come. That's just the reality. You know, Sydney fans want to see, uh, want to see results. And uh, we have to improve that. And, you know, we've got to be able to attract players who are, who are, who are available. And, you know, the, the not getting Isaac Ryder was a real big kick in the teeth. You know, he went to the, he went to the, he went to the uh, Western force instead of the Waratahs and he would have been a great signing, you know, and, and, you know, it sort of snowballs as you get more, more players, uh, others come, you know, and um, it just appears that we haven't uh, been able to retain and recruit uh, experienced uh, season season campaigners, you know, and uh, you know, young guys take time, but we haven't got time to do that. We need we need to recruit, and recruitment's uh, got to be the priority. All right, well, it's exciting. It's our first episode. It is called The Running Game. Tell your friends about it. We've got Dave Rennie coming up, the Wallabies coach. Let's get going. Well, our first episode of The Running Game, it's a real treat to have the Wallabies coach join us right now. Dave Rennie, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks, guys. So, uh, look, it's been quite a week, the naming of the 40-man squad. That Look, there is a lot of talent, isn't there, in this country when it comes to the sport of rugby union? Yeah, I reckon um, there's a lot made of, I guess, uh, some of the cream that gets snapped up by, by league and by AFL, but you know, 26 million people in this country and... Uh, I think the game's alive and well and grassroots stuff. Um, I've been around doing a, the odd talk at a fundraiser type of thing. And so, um, yeah, like I think there's a lot of talent around. Yeah, Dave, look, obviously um, the Wallabies last year, I was impressed with a lot of their performances. And I, I agree with Tim, some really good talent, uh, really good young kids. I guess the only thing that I've seen is a little bit of rugby IQ of that, that sort of level. Is is that something you've noticed? Is Can you put your finger on that? I know Scott Johnson made a comment that he's, he saw that um, in previous Wallaby teams, you know, five or six guys in the sheds who could be, you know, future coaches where he sort of walked into a Wallaby outfit these days and doesn't see that same sort of level. Is that, is that a fair comment or am I a bit off the mark? No, I mean, look, it's probably fair in the fact that we've got a lot of young players playing Super Rugby now, you know, uh, uh, they're coming out of out of school, out of a twenties program, and straight in, and and a lot of the teams are very young. I've had a heap of experienced players leave, so you know that um, I guess that game awareness uh, takes time to develop, and and uh, we certainly put a lot of time into it. I know the Super Rugby sides are as well, and you know it's, it's a lot of things. It's a real emphasis around the quality of our catch pass under pressure, under fatigue, and. Uh, Billy, just just to play square and play what's in front of us, uh, and I think the game has become very structured in this country. Uh, a lot about ABC as opposed to looking forward, um, you know, communicating with the spaces and doing the obvious. So uh, it's a work on I reckon. What about having a year like we've had? It's been ridiculous. The whole world's wobbled on its axis, Dave, and it's affected sport in a huge way. Um, how do you look back? Because it happened at a time where you took on a pretty big job. <laughs> Yeah, I oh, look. Um, look, it is what it is. Um, there are lots of people in far worse situations than us, and we're fortunate enough to get a, a bit of test footy when, at some stages, it, it looked like it wasn't going to happen. So, um, yeah, obviously, a, a fair few quarantines, and uh, but you know, we just tried to make the most of the situation in regard to uh, there was limited distractions um, when we were in Christchurch, locked there for two weeks. Uh, no one's going out to have coffee with friends or family who are over there, and um, so the group became really tight, and, and, and we utilised that time pretty well, I reckon. So, um, yeah, look, I've, 
but who knows what the future holds. Um, I think one thing we're going to be, you know, better plans because we've got an understanding how you can, you got to roll with the punches. And um, while we've got a plan, there's a lot of plans went in the bin last year, so you've got to adapt as well. Yeah, Dave, like like any good side, and, and I always pick the quality of my side by your tight head and your reserve tight head. Any good rugby side always does that. And I think you've got two really good players in Tenlan Alatupu and Alan Alatoa, um, especially, and obviously with Farmasili uh, coming in. Um, how do you see our front row? Obviously a few changes in the hooker's role in this squad, but I'm really interested to see in the, what your thoughts are with the front row in Australian rugby, where we place there. Yeah, oh, look, I reckon we've got the potential to have the best scrum in the world. Um We've got a lot of power. You look at Alan and and Taniella, they're, they're quite different. Um, Alan's massive work ethic, um, really diligent. Taniella's powerful and explosive and, and damaging, you know. So uh, they complement each other pretty well. And um, so, you know, look, I think um, Taniella's at his best, you know, when we can keep him down and keep him square because it's not too many. Um, you know, Lucy's in a world he can stick with them. So, um, yeah, like, and I think Pony's made really good shifts around his scrummaging. Hasn't played a lot of years at tight head, uh, but a massive man who uh, gives you a lot around the field as well, you know. So he's, he's certainly worked hard on his work ethic stuff and repeat efforts. And so, you know, and, and we've got some good young kids in behind that too. So, you know, tight head's a very exciting position for us. Just lightening the subject slightly, what would you do if one of your props tried to kick a field goal? Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, Tim. hundred percent record. Johnny Wilkinson got knighted in two thousand and three, and I get ridiculed. Ridiculous. <laughs> do you, what do you reckon, Dave? Do you remember it, Dave? No, I, I remember it vividly, and uh, <laughs> mate, it's, it's pretty impressive. I don't see too many of our props practicing that, so. Uh, who knows? Who knows? That might come in handy. Oh, that's gold. Look, so one of the things, this is the first episode of this show, and what we're trying to do is talk at every level of the game. And it's great to, that you've made yourself available to come on our podcast. We, we're also going to talk grassroots. Uh, and I, as someone who's got two boys that play rugby, uh, one that's uh, you know playing un- underage for Eastwood, it, I'd rather look at the positives and what this game can be rather than be a detractor. Um, can you give us more on that on that aspirational, that positivity stuff that you mentioned earlier, Dave? About um, you know how the, how the, we can change and, and play more positive rugby. Yeah, look, I, I think it's, it comes down to skill set for a start, and it comes down to mindset. Um, so you got to you got to understand the type of game you want to play, the type of athlete you need to play that, and then and then you know we really work hard on the skill set required. So, well, look, we certainly want to play. Um, and you look around the world, there's a lot of sides who prefer to play without the ball and and, and that's fine because we're all a little bit different. But if you get a couple of sides that don't want to play with the ball, such as South Africa and Wales in a semi-final, the ball was kicked 81 times in that game. Uh, it's, it's really defence-minded. And while it's intriguing and tight, uh, you know, it's, it's not as exciting as uh, some of the other matches you get. So, I don't know. I, I think the big thing from, uh, you know, when, I'm, when I've been talking to sort of schoolboy sections and, and high school coaches just talking about a massive emphasis around uh, developing skill sets um, because you've got kids who, you know, when they're 12, they could be a prop, but by the time they're 15, they, they might be a midfielder or something, you know, so the body shapes change and and so it's a big emphasis around basic core skills that uh, will help when they go to a high level. It um, becomes a bit more instinctive. 
Yeah, look, I've seen a lot of rugby, obviously, in in grassroots, and it's what we love, and it's what we hear. The problem I'm seeing a little bit of is is we just haven't got the um the people watching and the people getting into it. Do you, do you think? Do you think that's a, a, a holistic, encompassing problem in Australian rugby, or do you see that as, as something that could be fixed pretty simply? Um, well, look, I think it's common all around the place. Um, yeah, if you look at New Zealand, you went and watch club rugby there. You know, uh, but the numbers when I was playing, when uh, you know, you get sort of five and six thousand to a club game um, because it wasn't a lot else on. You know, and uh, everyone's got so many options mm. now, and. Uh, all these games are televised and so on. So there's, there's there's challenges to get people off the couch and and supporting grassroots rugby, I reckon. But having said that, everywhere I've gone, um, there's been lots of passionate people in a room who who love the game and a, and a, a lot of volunteers who are you know, helping develop our young kids and give them a good experience. So you know, you know, I still think, um, yeah, I, I, certainly, um, I, I guess making our game accessible. You know, obviously AFL done a good job around that. They've got a lot of money behind them and they can uh, expose young kids to their game for, for bugger all versus uh, maybe what it costs to play rugby. So, I mean, they're challenges, aren't they? But um, there's certainly a lot of good people out there who are, who are doing great things to you know, just keep the flame alive at that level. We're talking to the Wallabies coach, Dave Rennie. Uh, what, what did you make of what happened at the Waratahs? You know, Paul Dawn, the executive chief executives, come out and said, before we look for a new coach, we need to get a few things right. Uh, uh, miserable old time uh, with Rob Penny, and he's lost his job. Yeah, I, look, I feel for Rob. Uh, he's a good man. And, uh, you know, I was down there last week. And, yeah, so got to watch them train and prepare firsthand. So I went on Sunday night and stayed till Thursday. So... You know, it's a hell of a challenge for those guys. They've, um, you know, they've got a bunch of kids, and obviously, for for whatever reason, over the last few years, they've, um, the recruitment and retention's been a battle. And and you know, while they're really willing, I mean, I, I thought they trained really hard. They're keen to learn. Uh, the coaches are putting a lot of good detail in, but you know, they've um, on, on top of the recruitment and retention stuff have had a lot of injuries. So, yeah, look, all I'll say is, you know, Brad Thorne struggled when he initially went to the Reds and, and I backed him. And, uh, you know, a few years down the track, he's starting to get really good results and reaping the rewards. So, you know, look, I'm really disappointed for Rob. Um, yeah, I thought he deserved better. Is, is there any lessons from that, Dave, that, I th- that his predecessor can take? Obviously, the roster and um, them spending a lot less money than other other states because the COVID's obviously hit them hard because they've really got to attract players. Like I think the Isaac Rodder not going to the Waratahs was a big big kick, you know, and him going to the Force. So is, is is there any advice to the next guy how we can get that roster and, and get the the Waratahs back where they were? Um, oh, look, I guess they're going to sit back now. They're going to they're going to work out what's best for them, aren't they? Um, you know, whether that's a local guy who's got a a good understanding of of the landscape in in Sydney, or or whether it's you know uh, an Australian coach playing his trade overseas or whatever, I'm, I'm not sure. So yeah, look, there's absolutely no doubt um, having an understanding of what you're walking into and 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 then key positions that you need to nail some depth and to to start building a team around that. So um, yeah, no, no doubt who, whoever comes in now. Um, I guess that'll be uh, 
key for them in regard to their, uh, their, their, I guess, their interest in the role. Finally, Dave, is this the year we get the Bledisloe back? <laughs> yeah, look, um, yeah, look, it's 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 an important trophy in it. Um, certainly, um, we haven't had it for I think it's eighteen years, and um, you know, like I reckon we'll have a better side this year than we did last year. Um, oh, yeah, you know, I have no doubt the All Blacks will get better too. So, you know, it's, we know we know how tough it is, but um, look, we we think we've got a good group of young men who are building, and we're going to throw everything at it. So, you know, we uh, won one, threw one, lost two last year. So, um, you know, we'd like to get a little bit better than that. We'll go get them, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the first episode of The Running Game. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll catch up with you again soon. No, appreciate your time, guys. See you then. Coming up on The Running Game, we head north to the Hunter and talk rugby union with the man that runs it up there, Howard Davies. Okay, well, part of our template, uh, Matty, on this show is to to look at grassroots rugby at every angle. We want to look at it at country level, at school level, at regional level. And today we've got a very special guest on. Yeah, thanks, Tim. We've got a very special guest, the president of the Hunter Rugby, Howard Davies, ex-cauliflower president, uh, rugby finicionado, uh, great guy, great administrator, and has the best rugby lunches I've ever been to. How are you, Howard? <laughs> I think you've slightly overstated my past, but uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, Matt, uh, as always, and uh, and and with you, Tim. Thank you. Oh, well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Howard. And uh, look, it sounds like I've got to get to one of these lunches. There's little question of that. But but just first up, what, what what's what's the condition? What's the um, what's the report card of the game of rugby union in the Hunter? Well, it's uh, it's moving at a rapid pace at the grassroots level which is where it's got to go at this stage in the uh, the rugby journey in Australia um, the hunter rugby uh, as we now call it uh, was founded as long ago as 1869 and it, 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 we are the largest non-capital city rugby union in the country um, in the past uh, we've uh, had very strong premier divisional Club rugby, uh, well regarded. One of the one of the best and strongest referee uh, uh, schools in the country, and a uh, supported by good divisional proper grassroots rugby. Um, but the problem we've had is that we've always lost our good players down to the big smoke or elsewhere if they wanted to pursue their rugby journey, and that meant that we needed to look at representative rugby and the shoot shield came across our bows. So, yes, it's alive and well. But at the lower level, we've got 2,000 juniors, boys and girls, from toddlers up to uh, up to under under 18. So, again, uh, with that uh, pipeline, we look to uh, uh, continue to grow the game across a very big region, going from Musselbrook in the north all the way down to Lake Macquarie in the south and across to the... To the uh, the Hunter Valley. So on that, Howard, obviously the last year of the wildfires was 99. I remember playing them in their last game for Eastwood. They they beat us up in Newcastle the year we won the comp. They were a very good side. And then 
And now you've come back last year, and obviously this year you're looking to have another season. How is that going, building up a competitive Shoot Shields side? Obviously last year I think you did a tremendous job in unbelievable time frames. How is the second season looking in a, with a bit more time up your sleeve? Yeah, well, last, last year we had three weeks to assemble the team, to raise the money, to get the kit, wow. and to get on the pitch. And um, it was a challenge, but we didn't have a cricket score against us. We won the respect of all the teams we played against, and we came 11th out of 13. So playing against established clubs like Ramwick, Gordon, East, uh, Warringah, etc. So uh, we were pretty pleased with, uh, as I say, st- with, you know, starting from a, well, very much behind the eight ball. Uh, our girls embarrassed us uh, uh, in a major way by winning the plate competition and finishing up with uh, four players uh, of national interest, uh, which wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been brave enough to go in last year. So that that was a good start. But we've now been invited into the uh, Shoot Shield and the Women's Jack Scott Cup on a long-term basis, and we will be in it this year and on uh, uh, with men's first and seconds, uh, Colts and the women in the... Uh, the, the Jack Scott Cup. Howard, um, how much support have you been given from, say, you know, Rugby Australia, the ARU, from government, from local government? Uh, tell me, tell me, what, what sort of support have you had at club level? It's a very, a very quick answer to that. We've had no support. Um, we There has been a suggestion that C- Sydney Rugby Union may make a modest contribution to our travel costs, perhaps, and maybe one or two other costs as a result of the uh, media revenue that they've been granted. But we've had no definition on that. So uh, all all our support has had to come through money that we've raised here and uh, through the players that we have been able to attract into, into the region. We've signed 23 high-quality players into the into the Hunter Wildfires, coming from uh, the Western Force, from Hong Kong, from an Argentinian, from Ningen, um, a couple of uh, Tongan, uh, a couple uh, a Samoan, and a Fijian World Cup players. We've had some high-class players attracted to the uh, the advantages that Newcastle has to offer. And then we've had to pay for it. Have local business been helping out? Is, is that where you've had to find most of your support through local business, or is it uh, through 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 businesses throughout the state, or where have you found the most support? Yeah, well, um, with, with the players that have come in, we've we've found them all uh, accommodation, and we've found them all jobs, and we're in uh, heavy pre-season training with the help of uh, University of Newcastle. Uh, but yes, the financial support uh, we're looking at. Uh, you know, in round terms, I've been uh, required to find half a million dollars, which is very different from the thirty or forty thousand dollars that we needed in the past to support our administrative office for uh, for, for local rugby. Um, we, 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 we've achieved our income, and we've had some fantastic. Uh, uh, we don't call them sponsors; we call them partners because it's got to be give and take on both sides. Um, uh, people like Tuiz, uh, Lion, uh, Tuiz Lion, um, Elders Insurance, 
Hunt Hospitality, uh, McCloy Group, the property developers, uh, Land Rover, and a load of uh, a, a, a big raft of local, locally based businesses. In, in addition to those those sort of bigger names, uh, Wahoo have come on board today. Um, the uh, kids sports uh, uh, company. So yes, we've had tremendous support, and uh, to be able to say we've got half a million in the bank for this year, but with a number, a good number of those big names coming on for three to five years, it means that to a certain extent, I, I don't have to go through this anguish every single year. So yeah, the tremendous, tremendous support at not the easiest of times. Yeah, well, hopefully with the prominence, uh, people like that will get on board and, and you'll get a little bit of that money, which which would be good to see, but an extraordinary effort from you and your colleagues. Just finally, Howard, thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I want to hear, why do you love this game? Why do you love rugby union? That's the second time I've been asked that today. Um, I played a lot uh, in my younger years in the in the UK uh, before I came to Australia, um, and I what I love is the community. I love the people. I love the fact that wherever I go in the world or in the country, I'm either going to know somebody or I'm going to meet like-minded people. I also love the fact that people stay in rugby. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit older than Matt. I'm staying in rugby. Matt's staying in rugby. We love that. Uh, it's the, as I say, it's the community. It's the people. It's the, uh, the whole ethos of the game. Uh, and the frustrations that the game is throwing at us today mean that we've got to keep going to get get rugby back to where it needs to be and where it should be. Importantly, we've now got it almost on free-to-air television with this uh, Stan uh, Sport Channel 9 connection. Um, that's, uh, that's good. It means that we'll have our games live on, uh, on television. We're looking to have... Sunday games because I know that Stan Sport want to make it a weekend of rugby and when one of our visiting clubs uh, is prepared to have a, a, a Sunday game, I think it's Easts um, and the more we can have to give people the wider spread of choice of viewing, the better. So yes, I love the people. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Howard. I really appreciate it. Matt, uh, one final word. Uh, are you going to get a chance uh, to get me an invite to one of Howard's lunches? Well, we've got a lunch up there on the 9th of April, Tim. You'll be more more, more than well invited. Well, I'm, I'm going to drive a bus up there. So uh, Shane Lee and a few of our friends are going to be on it. You'll love it. We've got uh, 450 coming for that lunch. 9th of April, our season launch. Howard, thank you so much for coming on. What, what, what Hunter Rugby's doing is incredible and uh, you're a true friend and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that lunch and seeing the wildfires have an even better year than last year. Thanks a lot, Howard. And your help is greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. That's it for The Running Game this week. We'll be with you every week with more rugby union and great interviews. Follow us on your favourite podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today goes to Wallaby coach Dave Rennie and, of course, Howard Davies. What about the work he's doing? Thank you so much to our sponsors, Spartan Sports, and, of course, our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll see you next week.